Welcome to Born to Sell Denver with Brian Smith and Sean Modry. Today's guest is AJ Moreno from the Moreno Group. AJ, welcome. Thank you, Brian. All right. Sean. Happy to be here. It's good to see you. Same here. Okay. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Brian, I started in this industry a little bit over 20 years ago. Uh, Believe it or not, I was a title rep first. I did the title business for a couple of years. Um, I remember I was working at a restaurant, and I used to see this title rep coming into the restaurant all the time with a bunch of people spending all this money back in the day. I was like, I want to know what this guy does. (laughs) Um, So one day I asked him. I started um, harassing him until he hired me. Wow. Uh, I did title insurance for a couple of years. Then I started learning a little bit more about the lending industry. Um, I met Renee Wigginton, who was the uh, number one uh, loan officer for Assurance Capital at the time in Southern California, first in real estate. I don't know if you remember that company. Um, I started working with her as a processor for a few months. Then after that, I got my licenses. I started doing loans. The rest is history. I did loans for a few years. I was the in-house lender for a couple of ERA offices in Jerbalinda, California. Um, then we had the housing crisis of 2008. Uh, Dot-Franc came out. You had to decide whether you wanted to do loans or real estate at the time. I decided to go for real estate. Never looked back. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So something happened in 2008. Do you remember that, Sean? No, I blocked it. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... so 2008 happened. Is that what moved you out here? No, actually, um, I moved out here eight years ago. It was supposed to be a six-month thing. Uh, my wife got a job at South of the Sterlines. Uh, mm. We were supposed to be out here living off of our savings and then go back. We fell in love with the city, never mm. went back. Oh, wow. Um, I started going back to um, the basics, what I used to do in California to establish my business, and now here we are. What are, what are the basics? To me, lead generating, treat people right. And uh, make sure that you're always systematically feeding your base, uh, your database. Yeah, yeah. You know what's interesting is so you were a successful lender and agent in California. Yeah, and then you move out here and you're starting fresh. Okay, Correct. so Correct. I, I I know a lot of real estate agents that we romanticize about the idea of starting over with our knowledge now in a new market. Can you tell us a little bit about how that went and what worked, what didn't work for you? Yeah, great question. Because um, I was actually one of the things that I was petrified about when I when I thought about this move, um, you know, leaving a database of ten plus years to start fresh. Uh, that's not an easy task. No. Um, but just to uh, get to the meats and potatoes, I, I started door knocking. Um, door knocking is really what established my business. I would door knock from seven thirty in the morning all the way up until eight thirty, nine o'clock in the morning. That's when everybody's running around, getting ready to uh, take the kids to school, go to work. Um, and you know, I, would, I would make it to the point where my elevator speech was 30 seconds. Knock on the door. The moment they would uh, open up the door, I would hand them over a postcard, tell them who I was, why, why I was there. Anybody was interested, I would just get their phone number, set up an appointment for me to call them back, move on to the next one. Um, you, this was during the week? During the week. What? I, so 8.30 to 9? 7.30 to 8.30. No. 7.30 to 8.30. Yeah, and I, nine. I would hit twenty-five to thirty homes, uh, you know, every morning. That was that was my average. Where did you come up with this strategy? Because I've never heard this. Uh, as the mentor that yeah. that got me into the real estate side, that's that's what he would. Ju- that's that, that's what he used to do in in Whittier. Um, so I was door knocking from seven thirty to nine, and then again in the afternoon, uh, five thirty to seven. 
Huh. Interesting. And did you do you know what your like conversion rates were? Like twenty five houses, you knock on twenty five doors. So how often did you get an appointment from those twenty five doors? Um I'll say probably one a day. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you're always going to run into somebody that wants to do something or know somebody that wants to do something in real estate when you're out there talking to people. Yeah. Um, to me, it's all about having conversations about real estate. And the more conversations you have, yeah. I don't care how good or how bad you are. Sales is... is you, I, I you, think that, it reminds me of a conversation that Brian and I had years. And I don't know if you remember this conversation, Brian, but um, you know, calling people, you know, prospecting via the phone... You know, the question always comes up is how early is too early? And we had a conversation that if you call with somebody at 7 a.m., the people that aren't morning people, they just don't answer the phone. And the people that do answer the phone, they're morning people. They've been up to sipping their coffee. They're happy yeah. to talk. Yeah. yeah, It's like the best time to call. <laughs> That's probably true. And you know what else is interesting about your numbers, too, is, is that 4 to 5% of the people actually every year want to sell their house. Mm. And so 1 out of 25, actually, that plays right into that number. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So tell me about your team now. What's What do you have on your team? So I have a total of 12 agents, one admin assistant, a TC um, a business partner that helps me run the day-to-day operations of the team, and myself. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. And and so the 12, you have 12 agents in production? 12 agents. Half of those are part-timers. Okay. Okay. And, uh, you know, what, did you, what was your volume last year? Uh, closed uh, transactions. 103 units for 1.150 something. 1.1 million. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Very cool. Okay. And so as far as the 12 people that are on your team, do you have like expectations for those 12 people at all of what they do? I do. Um, so after I established my business, door knocking, um, one of the things that I started um, – putting in practice out here in Denver is mortgage days with big banks like Bank of America, Chase, Bank of the West, U.S. Bank. Um, in my lending days, I worked for Chase Bank, and I noticed that a lot of the managers like to do mortgage days. You know, they would open up the lobby mm. uh, for good real estate agents to come set up a table and have real estate conversations um, and and try to generate mortgage and just basically loan business for the, for the, for, for the branch. Um, so I started... Knocking on some doors after about a year of talking to different managers, different loan officers, I started uh, establishing certain relationships. That now that's really the based on my business. Um, that's how we lead generate. We 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 do a lot of mortgage days with Chase, Bank of America, and U.S. Bank. We spend three to four hours a day, um, three to four times a week at some of these branches. Uh, when we talk to the managers, I look for branches that do at least fifteen to sixteen thousand uh, transactions a month. Uh, if it's anything like that, less than that, we just don't go to those branches. Um, and transactions being um, people coming in to do a transaction, like a deposit or correct. At, yeah, okay, the not sales. <laughs> They're not selling sixteen thousand homes. I'm like, no, no. What no, banks no. are you going to? <laughs> yeah, no. These are uh, just uh, transactions, bank transactions. Okay. Whether it's a deposit, a withdrawal, or, or an application for so, so it's literally traffic count. How many yeah. people are walking in the door and walking out? That's that's what that number tells you. Yeah. So I I, I ended up uh, doing the math, and if we spend three hours a day at some of these branches that do this this type of volume, you know, we could be talking to anywhere between 150 to 175 people a day. Oh, that's brilliant. Wow. Um, and you know, if you're really really bad at having conversations with people and you only talk to half of them. Um, yeah, I mean, you do the numbers. 
That's yeah. amazing. I've never heard of this strategy before. Have you heard about this? I did. Um, a long time ago, I had a relationship with um, a servicer that serviced credit unions, and that was their value proposition was to allow us agents to go in and sit in the credit unions, yeah. hmm. which if I knew the head count, it would have been a better – because these had like four people a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> credit unions are a lot slower. I've, I've tried some credit unions and uh, – yeah. Nothing against credit unions; they're great institutions. But you know, you yeah. got to look for banks and branches that are actually super busy, so that it's worth your time being there. I mean, yeah. in the beginning, I would do, I would go any any branch that w- would open up the doors. But now we we try to go to the ones that are busier because that's that's really well, that's experience, but, that's your expertise because you've done it so many times, you've narrowed it down, and you've earned the right. Yeah, I mean, so what percentage of your business? comes from that strategy 41 percent. 41 percent. wow okay where's the rest come from um i do a lot of business for the airline industries um I mean, or southwest united american airlines um with my family being uh, in the industry in the industry i started coming in to do first-time home buyer presentations um you know wealth management presentations i would bring other people to talk to them and they just open up the doors now i Pretty much every time they need something here at the Denver station, they call me. But it wasn't easy. You know, it takes some time. And that's what a lot of people don't want to do. They don't want to put the time into into establishing relationships and, and yeah, door yeah. knocking. Can you remember back to like your first time doing those presentations like with the airline companies? What was that like? You know, because obviously we've heard other people want to do presentations to companies before. And yet... A lot of people either just never follow through with it because they're afraid or whatever the situation is. So what was that like when you first started that? Yeah. Um, So one of the main things that I started doing was trying to understand a little bit more my audience, right? You know, is it a unionized meeting? Is it just uh, employees that are not unionized? Because it's very different. You know, you walk and you do a presentation to um, a group of union members in a suit, they'll teach you different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got to make sure that you know your audience, dress appropriately, uh, whether it is uh, at, a, at a, a union meeting, barbecue, uh, and you got to offer value. Mm-hmm. You, you got to understand um, what it is that they need and, and just do the homework and prepare for it. How many people were there the first time you did this? Was this kind of like something that gained momentum, or was there a hundred people in the room the first time you did it? No, definitely something that gained momentum. Yeah, it took me a few years to get to where we are right now, okay. um, but I think consistency is the key. Uh, the first few times, we probably have ten, fifteen people that were present. Um, now I actually hold a bar, an annual barbecue at my house, um, and just for. Airline employees and past clients. I mean, this past year I had about 250, 260 people at the house. Wow. Um, and I noticed we didn't get invited to that. I know. Was that this weekend? <laughs> Check your text messages. I don't know. I, I saw his Facebook this weekend and he had a bunch of people at his house this weekend. It was my daughter's birthday. Last oh, weekend. was it? <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I didn't get invited to this. Yeah. <laughs> now, you made reference to the way you look. And you look very nice, by the way. I mean, you don't Thank see you. very many people who walk in. In suits anymore, especially nice suits like what you're wearing. I mean, you look very stylish. Yeah. Thank you. So tell me about that, because there's in their industry, um, would you say it's fair to say that the 
you know, the way people dress has kind of gone downhill a little bit. Yeah, I, I think it's gotten really laxed. And uh, Brian and I were having this conversation earlier the week. in the week is, you know, I was in a brokerage that um, I wasn't allowed to come in the door without wearing a suit. They said, don't don't come in unless you're wearing a suit and a tie. And <laughs> so, you know, that's where I started. And so now you see, you know, people walking around like they just left their golden retriever in the car and they just <laughs> they just got off a dog walk. <laughs> I mean nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, I think I think you, it, it's it's extremely important that you that you are yourself, but I I I'm a big believer in first impressions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially when you're talking to clients, buyers, sellers, whatever it is, I mean, you you don't have one chance. Yeah. You just never know when your next client is going to is, is going to is going to run into you at the grocery store or at the gas station. Um I, mean, I try to have conversations with anybody that that I make eye contact with. Yeah. I think well, that's also a big, big part of the, the way that we, um, our volume. For, for those of you that aren't seeing the video, he, he looks like he just stepped off of a G6, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yet, what's your average price point? 450000 450000 So in the Denver market, it's the, the low side of the mid. It is. So what's interesting is you hear agents say all the time, oh, I want to match my market. I want, this is what the people I work with, this is how they dress. They're casual or they're, you know, whatever. And yet at $450,000, you are you are not matching that market. So that's, so what's your, what's your thought there? Um, I, I think for me, more than anything else, it's a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. Um about 63 to 64% of my clients are Hispanic. Um, and in, in, our mar- in, in our culture, it's extremely important the way you dress and the way that you present yourself uh, to the clients. Um, and, and I think that's probably the main reason why. Hmm. Yeah, very cool. Okay. So your team members that you have, um, are they going to the banks too and sitting in the, in the banks? Oh, yeah. Okay. And so how do you find these people? How do you find the? How did you find the twelve people that you have, and how long have they been with you, and what do you look for? So, all the agents that I have in my team are agents that I've met, had conversations, or I, I have known for a little bit before we actually started working together. Or I brought them into the team, um, but the team has grown organically. Um, right before I came over to Keller Williams, I was working with a different company, and by the time I realized, I mean, I already had, I was mentoring four agents. Um, and then I met the team leader that brought me over to Keller Williams and, and started telling me more about the systems, the models, the tools that Keller Williams has to offer for people that want to grow their team. Um, so I gave it a shot. Um, and once I started the team, uh, you know, a lot of the other agents that, that, was, that I was already working with um, or I had working with before started approaching me, asking me to be part of the team once they started what I was doing. Um, I know that making your calls every day is a big thing, a big way to generate business. I've never been good at, at you know, cold calling, circle prospecting. Um, I prefer to generate business via, you know, community events, uh, in-person conversations. Yeah, face-to-face. Face-to-face. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and I noticed that, you know, tapping into these uh, banks, it was giving me what I needed to generate the business. And a lot of people feel the same way. Yeah. Um, and they like to generate business that way. So yeah. I, I think everything grew, grew organically. Okay. Well, and it makes sense, like, why you dress the way you dress. Because if you're going to be face-to-face, then, you know, yeah. first impression is really important, right? Yeah, and you better be ready. Yeah, you better be ready. Because it's funny, like, I, 
you know, there's always that story you hear about, like you mentioned in the grocery store, and there's two people in front of you, and they're like, yeah, I'm thinking about buying a house. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you're in Birkenstocks and a T-shirt and shorts, and you say, oh, I'm a realtor. And what do you think people are going to think? Where's your dog? Yeah, where's your dog? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, some people like to generate more business from the office, but it sounds like you're more out and about and being face-to-face with people. And we actually do a little bit of both. Uh, you know, in this industry, you got to generate different channels of, 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 of um, lead generating. Mm-hmm. Um, open houses are a big way uh, for us to generate more business. Uh, we don't just go and slap a sign on the front lawn and go back to the ha- office and pray to God, hopefully, that we get an offer. Um, you know, we we do door knocking. Uh, we send we still send out postcards regularly. Um, I have other agents that are calling all the neighbors around that listing, um, when we list it, when we want their contract, and after the property sells. Um, and y- you create a relationship with all these neighbors. When you least expect it, the calls are coming in. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, very cool. And so uh, do you have like a favorite line that you use when you are out and about and you run into somebody who you want to meet or to introduce yourself? Not really. Every, every, every time is different. Um, I mean, I can start a conversation with someone at the gas station or the grocery store just based off of whatever it is they're wearing or what they're holding or just a compliment on uh, a shirt that they, ha- that they have on. And that sparks a conversation that goes in many different ways. Um, and actually, I do have a question that I, now, that, now that you ask. Um, I always ask them in the middle of a conversation if they, if they currently own or rent. Oh, okay. Mm. So that's your and, thing. That's your thing. I guess that is my thing now that yeah. you mention it without yeah. even thinking about it. Because I always ask that question in, in the middle of a conversation, even when we go to the banks. Uh-huh. That opens up, um, you know, the the conversation to to a real estate uh, lead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if they say they own, then your conversation is more about have you ever thought about selling? And if it's a renter, then it's it's about have you ever thought about buying? Correct. Is that what you're right? Is that, that's, that's absolutely okay. right. That's very cool. So it's very simple. I mean, your, your system really comes down to the number of people that you meet on a daily basis. Have you ever thought about that? And consistency. Yeah. I mean, because if you do this one day and then you don't do it for a whole week, yep. you know, it just doesn't really work. So I'm going to back him up for a second. So you mentioned earlier that you have 12 on your team and half are part-time and half are full-time. Yeah. That's a huge challenge to manage a team that has different structures like that. Um, you know, you know, when you have a part-time person, how do you hold them accountable for actions versus the full-time? Is the compensation different? Expectations different? Um, the expectations are different. The compensation is the same. Okay. Um, you know, and, and the expectations are going to be based on how much time they want to invest into their real estate career and what their goals are. Mm-hmm. Um, I meet with them, you know, once a year to help them put together their GPS, their business plan, uh, and then we hold 411s. Uh, and that's something that we do on a weekly basis with the part-timers and the full-time. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's different. You know, they all have different needs. They all have different goals. Um, it's a lot of work to have different expectations and just different um, structure for part-timers and, 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 and full-time and, uh, agents, but we make it work. Hmm. Is there any minimum expectations? Not, not really. No? So like if a person says, I just want to sell two houses a year, then you're going to support that person. Yes, as long as they're willing to put in the work that it takes. Mm. Yeah, 
I mean, it's not much for two uh, a year, but <laughs> <laughs> most of my agents, their goal is to cl- the part-timers to close one or two a month. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. The yeah. part-timers, it's one or two a month. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Okay. All right. Very cool. And, and who's a good fit for your team? Just someone that likes to have, uh, you know, one-on-one conversations, uh, being out there talking to, uh, you know, prospects or maybe even other agents because, um, one thing that I've learned here in Keller Williams is that the referrals are a huge, huge uh, part of our industry. Um, mm-hmm. And you just never know where the next referral is going to come from. Well, let's talk about that. Tell me more about that. Where are the referrals coming from for you? Um, database, past clients, friends, neighbors, um, but definitely past clients. Okay. We always ask for referrals uh, every single time we close a transaction and even, you know, in the middle of the transaction. How do you do that? What are, what's the line for that? So my admin sends out an email um, asking for the referral. And then normally after, you know, we have the appraisal back or the inspection resolution has been signed, um, you know, we always pop the question. You know, if you know anybody that is thinking about uh, buying, selling, or investing, would pop. you mind giving us a pop the question? Pop the question. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. That means something totally different in real estate, right? We're a pop the question. Yeah. Oh, you pop the question? Yeah, you asked for a referral. That's not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> so it's multiple times during the transaction then? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Do, do you have any idea what your success rate is? I mean, you're getting a referral every time you ask the question? No. Okay. No. Um, but the question is out there and, um, you know, I do have a, a, post-close, a post-closing follow-up with every single client that we have. You know, we send a 30, a 30-day, 30 post-30-day uh, gift every quarter after that, and then, you know, once a year on the anniversary. So we're always in front of the clients, mm-hmm. and, and we always get referrals. What are the gifts? It depends. It could be, a, a, you know, a small set of, uh, you know, like whiskey cups or glasses, uh, you know, cutting boards, uh, just a simple... A Starbucks uh, gift card, okay, or brownies. Yeah, is it different for every person, or is it's it the same for every, everybody? Okay, same for you everybody. Know. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's interesting. And then, so then, whose job is it then is to do that? My admin. Your admin does all that. Yeah. And does she decide, uh, you know, what's going out, or is that um, your ideas, or you know, who? Uh, comes quite out? honestly, it's actually her idea most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good assistant. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Just give her the uh, responsibility and, and run with it, right? Yeah, the responsibility, the budget, um, and then she takes care of it. So how, how long has uh, your assistant been with you? Uh, going on two and a half years. Okay. Yeah. So you must be a pretty good employer if to keep somebody that long. Why do you think that person stays with you? Um, I think it's important to uh, give them the respect that they deserve, number one, and number two, um, one of the things that I have noticed that um, a lot of the agents, the first thing that comes to mind when they're going to hire an assistant or uh, a TC, they're thinking about what's the least that they can pay them so they can keep up as much as possible. Mm. And one thing that I, I always try to do is I try to figure out what's the most that I can pay them so that they're happy and, and the results are better. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a that that question was loaded towards me. He was, yeah, good job answering too. By the way, he was happy. Um, I was I was thinking about um your transition into Keller Williams because you came over how long ago did you come to Keller Williams? Uh, it's going on three years now. 
So in three years, and prior to Keller Williams, you didn't have a team. No. Okay. So prior, so in just three years, you built a team. You have your own what business, center. business center in in um, Green Valley Ranch. Correct. Right. That has another what twenty five, thirty agents. Uh, we're actually up to forty four now. Forty four agents mm-hmm. in your team or er, in your business center that you're a part owner of Correct. the business center. And you did that all in three years. And a lending division that we just started last month. Wow. Yeah. What took you so long? <laughs> right? <laughs> well, is that the kind of stuff that you really thought about before you came to Keller Williams? Or was that kind of like the light bulb went on when you came? Actually, the light bulb went on when, when I came. Um, I started talking to other rainmakers. Uh, I started getting ideas from different people. Um, every time I traveled to a different state, I... I I, t- I try to make set up a, an appointment so that I can talk to all the rainmakers and just see what they're doing, what works for them, and um, I just give it my own twist and mm. hope that it'll work. And so far, it has. Wow. Okay. Very cool. So, what's going to happen? That what's like moving forward? What do you see happening with your team? What would you like to accomplish? Um, our goal for next year, part of our business plan, is to try to get to two million dollars in production. Um, that's 178 units a year. You, you know, with my price point uh want to grow the lending team that one's growing incredibly fast um we started a little bit over a month ago and and uh you know we're already closing about six seven million uh this month awesome um so i definitely want to grow that side of the business as well but my main priority is to continue to grow the business center okay and what would you like to see happen with that like what's the number short-term goal uh, we want to get it to 100 agents Okay. Very cool. Very cool. And so you've got some big goals then. I mean, you know, what does that look like for your team then helping you get there? Who do you need to hire next? Um, someone to help me run the ISA department. That's, that's what we're working on right now. Um, I think it's way overdue, and, and we're going to start working on that this month. Um, you know, we're going to hire an ISA director. Now that so the this ISA, what leads are they contacting? Like who are they calling? So the idea is for the uh, for the ISA to be contacting our database um, and just basically the database that we put together from everybody that we talked to at these events. Um, I think we have a little bit over three thousand people um, that should be contacted regularly. Wow, uh, three thousand you said. Not including all the other contacts that that we just get during the uh, community events that we don't we don't we don't get to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's a pretty big task for three thousand. Are you saying every it month is. you're going to contact them? No, I think we're going to use the art. What is it? The R two D two system. R D two. No, I'm you sorry. know what I'm talking about. D D two. D two D D D three. I can't remember what it, what it is at. Oh, I, I don't remember either. But oh, anyway, yeah. Man. So we'll have to edit that out. Yeah, Jorge, my business partner <laughs> is is really good at that, and he's the one that is going to help us yeah. uh, with it. Uh, you know, there's certain things we're good at. There's certain things that we're not good at, and that's why we get other people to come and do those things, right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. D two D D two. Is that? It? I don't think that's it. I don't know. Anyway, somebody can probably send you an email yeah. and say. That this is what it is. Somebody text me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In my defense, I'm new to Keller Williams. 
<laughs> That's right. We've been here for a year or two, That's right? right? <laughs> we should know that. We should have that one down. Exactly. Um, okay, and so... Getting to 178 units, that's the goal. That's the next goal. That's the next goal. What's the someday goal? Like, where do you see this going? You want to expand out of Colorado? You want to stay in Colorado? What's the thought? Uh, I, I am planning on extending out of Colorado. I started an expansion team in West Covina, California last year, hmm. um, and, and I put that on hold when we decided to open up this business center here. Uh, but that is something that I would like to um, pursue sometime in the future. Okay. And I heard that you were in uh, you were in Acapulco here recently, weren't you? Puerto Vallarta. Puerto Vallarta. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was thinking of the TV show. Have you seen that Apple TV? No, it's a good show. Great no. show. Anyway, so uh, and that was a little celebration, right? Uh, you took almost like half the office or all the office down there. We actually had twenty eight agents out there, um, including our employment broker team leader. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great time. Yeah. I saw pictures. <laughs> but you didn't check your text messages? No. I think actually, I think I was invited to that one, but, uh, you know, it's it's hockey season now. And so with three boys in hockey, I couldn't. You know, it was, it was actually kind of kind of a short um, notice for everybody as well. And, and, and sometimes that's that's when you have the best turnouts. Yeah. Um, it was a great time. I mean, we're, we're going to Cancun next year, so we'll let you know. Put it on your right, calendar. Yeah, put it on, yeah, for sure. Give us like you know just a week's notice, and we'll be there. Right? I'm yeah, thinking about four three days. days. <laughs> <laughs> well, t- uh, the reason why I brought that up is tell me about that because uh, I don't know if you guys were serious or not, but it was like kind of advertised as a planning, uh, a celebration kind of get together. So tell me about you know what you guys did down there. Uh, besides having fun, yeah. <laughs> so. Um, one of the days that we were down there, we went to uh, Keller Williams Bahia, which is the largest uh, Keller Williams office in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea for this visit was to connect with them and learn more about uh, property financing, um, you know, in areas like Cancun, Puerto Vallarta, Acapulco. Um, and it, it was a great meeting. Um, we came back, and, and I think that three, if I remember correctly, it was three agents that already referred business to that office. Oh, wow. wow. We've only been back a, about a week, a yeah. week and a half. Um, so that's something else that we're going to start advertising out here because the, the amount of uh, programs that are available uh, for foreigners to buy in Mexico is, 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 is really great. I didn't think there was that much, that many options. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I've known some people from here that have moved down to there, mm-hmm. you know, because there's such great financing for people to come there to buy yeah. property. Yeah. Yeah, that's very cool. You guys seem like to me that uh, your office and the people that you're in business with are very close. And, we are. and you and you guys just really enjoy each other's company. I mean, it's not very common for 20, 30 people to go take a trip to Mexico as an office. You're right. Uh, so so tell me about that. I mean, is that important to you? It is important to us, and and I say to us because uh, you know my two other partners agree on 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 the people that we bring onto the office, you know the culture that we're trying to build, um, and believe it or not, there's been a lot of agents that have approached us to join the office, and just because of uh, you know they have a different culture, we just don't bring them on. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, and it's that's kind of how this industry seems to be is is like you know most offices are. You know, you go in, you may know a few people, but there's not a lot of, like, culture is mm-hmm. a good word for it, connection, yeah. right? And so uh, that's one of the things I love about what you guys do Thanks. is you just look 
like you're having fun. You know, your office looks like you're having fun. Did, um, did you pay their way? Um, you don't that have a different to question. This. I want to make sure that. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, not everybody. <laughs> um, you know, every agent that we have at the office, um, you know, we have a connection with one way or the other. Um, and one thing that is extremely important for us is that, you know, we don't bring an agent that is going to break that culture. Yeah. You know, um, everybody's always working, super happy. You, you walk into that office and it doesn't even feel like someone's I mean, working in any, any of those offices. Everybody's having a good time even when they're making phone calls. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it makes sense because you really are spending more time with your coworkers than you probably are with your family some, mm. you know, during the week yeah. anyway. I mean, yeah. waking hours anyway. And so I think that's kind of a lost thing in this industry is like who you're a business with really does matter. It does matter. Yeah. So, so instead of building a business center, why didn't you just start your own brokerage? Um, I did, actually. Uh, a few years ago, I had a, a, a real estate office and a mortgage company in California. But for me in particular, um, after I learn about the systems, the models, and the mega agent office opportunity within Keller Williams. Um, I mean, you already have an office that is offering all the tools, the systems, the training that you have to put together if you start the office on your own. Um, and the liability as well. Um, you know, when you're with a bigger office, um, they already have a, a system in place for um, compliance, uh, complaints from other agents <laughs> <laughs> and everything else. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's, so, a, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, you know, want to open up their own brokerage and they go with something smaller just to feed their own ego. And, and with me, more than anything else, I, I, just, I really wanted to uh, create something that it doesn't feel like I'm working one day, uh, you know, of my life. I, I enjoy coming into the office. And, and, and even though we're super busy, it doesn't feel like work. Yeah, it's funny. It allows you... Because of your previous experience of owning a brokerage, and I've owned an independent brokerage before, and I remember the struggles of new agent training alone yeah. is such a bear. Um, it's expensive, and then providing technology that's being updated and competitive is near impossible. So by doing the way you did it with the business center, it gives you some autonomy, allows you to grow as big as you want, and you get to do the fun part, Correct. right? Which is sell and, you know, lead salespeople and have those fun conversations that, that for me, that's what I enjoy. Right. Well, that makes two of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because you came back from Austin and yeah. you like one of the first things you come back and you were like, we're out of model. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. And so I think that's one of the reasons why you buy a franchise is to follow models and systems. Right. Yeah. But you know, the reality of it is, is most successful people are professional modelers. Okay. Like the person who always gets the publicity is the person, the one person who does something extraordinary that nobody else has done. And then that person is like, you know, the, the hit person for a short period of time. Yeah. But the majority of people that are successful just follow successful models. Yeah. Right. And I think that's the, the reason why you buy any franchise. I mean, like, let's just face it, like, you know, Subway, one of the largest franchise companies in the world. Okay. Everybody, practically everybody in the world could make a better sandwich than what Subway makes, mm -hmm. right? 
And so why do people buy Subway? It's because of the consistency. You know what you're getting. You know, you walk through that door, you know exactly what that's going to look like. Absolutely. Right? And that's the same thing that if more people would take the same approach in real estate of being modelers and, and f- even for their business, the way they treat their clients is having a predictable uh, experience. Yeah. You know, I think that's, that's really important in what we're doing, especially when you do a high volume, 178 transactions. I mean, you have a lot of opportunity for variables in between there. Mm-hmm. But still, there's got to be systems that you have of, of how things are done when you're working with your clients, right? Yeah. And, and you know, to be quite honest, uh, everything that we put in practice within the team is based on the Keller Williams models. Hmm. Yeah. So you've really just bought in over the last three years. I mean, you're... You it took know. me about six to seven months to really embrace the change and, and, and say, okay, I'm already here. If we're going to do this, let's just... Give it, give it my 150 percent, and you know it has actually worked quite well for me. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the great things about I think our company too is is there's always somebody at the next level from where you are. Absolutely. You know, even when you get to 178 transactions, and you go find the person that's doing 250, and then you go find the person that's doing 500, and you know I think the top person did 12 million in commission last year, and so there's always that next level that you can go watch them, and odds are they're going to be. Uh, okay with sharing everything with you. So. And actually, everybody that I have talked to uh, in the past few years that I started with Keller Williams uh, have no problem sharing what it is that they do to be as successful as they are. And I also think that it's extremely important for us as we start um, to grow our business that we don't forget about the ones that are entering the industry right? Mm-hmm. And where they want to be. And if there's anything that we can do to help them, um, that we pull them up, you know. Um, just the same with our other people are helping us to get to our next level. Yeah. That's funny you say that. And I totally agree with that too. And like, I, I don't know if I've told this story, but, uh, one of the big, um, you know, memorable experiences I had is when I went to mega camp basically in 2001 and I walk in and back then there was only three or 400 people in the room. And so I sit down and this lady sits next to me and, um, she introduces herself and, she said, tell me about your business. And I said, oh, you know, I'm doing like $12 million in volume, and it's pretty easy. And back then, that was kind of a lot, mm-hmm. you know, because the sales price was a lot lower. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there bragging about myself. And uh, at the end of me bragging, I said, well, tell me about your business. And she said, well, last year, me and my husband did $65 million in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And I was like, okay, I feel like an idiot right now. <laughs> but she said, no, it's okay. Let me tell you exactly what you need to do next. Mm-hmm. And then she kind of laid it out. And ultimately, it was the same thing that was in the Millionaire Real Estate Agent book because it was Nikki Ubaldini from Florida. Mm. And so I went back to Colorado, and I just started doing everything that she told me to do. And it was like, wow, this actually works. So it was really cool. Yeah. So is there anybody you want to give a shout-out to that's helped you out uh, since you've come to Keller Williams with stuff they've shared with you? Yeah, actually, there's quite a few people, but uh, um, uh, our team leader, um, uh, when, when I first joined Denver Southeast, uh, he's the one that actually started giving me uh, the systems, the models, the training. Uh, Joe Bogar actually coached me for about, mm. I want to say five, six months uh, when I first joined, and he, he really is the one that gave me uh, that extra push that I needed to take the team to that next level. Um, and you know, a lot of other people along the way. Um, but you know, 
Um, them yeah. too. Yeah, very Probably cool. The ones that have helped me the most. Joe's a great guy. He's been around forever. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Okay, so uh, moving forward, then uh, you got big goals and everything. Um, we haven't talked about the market at all. We've got a couple minutes, and so when we first sat down before we even started hitting record here, um, I asked you how your business is now. Okay, and you said your business was you know you see it off about ten percent. I do. Okay, where do you see it going? What do you got to do to get back? to where you want to be and to to move forward. So what are the key things that you need to do over the next six months? So one of the main things that um, that got me to start this lending division was where the rates are. I think that partnering with the right lender makes all the difference in the world. Um, with buyers, you know, most of my business uh, is buyers. Um, I'll say probably we are 60% buyers, 40% listings. Mm-hmm. Um, and being with a lender that is willing to maybe switch from a lender compensation to a borrower compensation to be able to offer a much lower rate and actually truly help the consumer makes makes all the difference in the world. Um, I think that that's the main reason why we're still, you know, closing eight, 10 transactions a month. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Hold on. Switch from a lender compensation to a buyer comp. Borrower pay compensation. Yeah. That's something that brokers can do. I don't even know what this is. Do you know what he's talking about? Are you talking about like points, that kind of thing? or what? Not points, but origination fee. Origination fee, okay. Yeah. You know, oh, okay. W- with brokers, you have the option of having the lender pay you the compensation, but that gets factored into the interest rate. Right. Or have the borrower pay the compensation. If, if you're with a good lender that doesn't only care about his mm-hmm. wallet, it's going to be able to charge him a little bit less or maybe a mm-hmm. lot less. The rate's going to be a lot lower. You're going to be able to sell more homes. Nice. Okay, got it. I think that's a, that's a thing we talked about the other day was actually – a lot of people that have been in the business for the last 10 years have no idea what you're talking about mm-hmm. because it pretty much was like you get a loan, you find a house, you make an offer, you pay more than what the list price was, and if you were the highest price, then you got it, and you asked for no inspection issues, and you got nothing really. Yeah. Right? And so right. now this is more a skilled-based market, which is do you understand how financing works? Okay, A lot of people are complaining about interest rates, you can fix that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, points, um, closing costs, things like that. I mean, stuff like you're talking about, um, that's important. And I think more agents should spend more time trying to figure that out right now. Because I don't think the rates are, well, I know the rates are never going to be 3% again. Yeah. But um, I think the 6%, 7% is here to stay for quite a while. I agree. Okay. There is a good point to be said there about the skills because I see some of the mistakes that are happening um, just with the transactions in, in my office. Very basic things, you know, just not not setting expectations correctly on either the seller or the buyer side for the different market. And then people are, get upset halfway through the transaction and then they blow deals up. I was telling you about one that blew up recently. Still not back under contract. And it blew up over, they wanted to extend the inspection of four days. And the <laughs> seller said no. Yeah. <laughs> it terminated. And it's been a week and a half and the house is still active. This is just a seller whose expectation wasn't set up correctly. And this is where, this is where we all have to get ahead. Our skills have to outperform the market, right? Our skills have to be ahead of it. We can't keep operating at the rules of yesterday. That's right. That's why I think this is kind of an exciting time right now is because it is different. 
And uh, people, some people would say it's more challenging, mm. but I just think it's different. It is different. I was having a conversation with one of my team members this morning, and um, you know, the the comment about this being a tough market or a bad market actually came up, and I was uh, my answer was, I've done business in a good market in a bad market, like you call it. It's just different. You just have to adapt, shift, and yeah. pivot to what, you're, what you need to do to make sure that you continue to sell and help the consumers. Yeah, that's exactly what yeah. it is. Yep. Okay. All right, AJ. Well, I appreciate you being here, spending time with us. Um, is there anything else you want to add? What if, what if people want to get in contact with you? How do they get in contact with you? Um, you can just go to the Moreno Group 303.com. Uh, my number's on there. Or you can reach me at 720-707-8164. Any agents out there that are interested in, in, in learning a little bit more about what it is that I'm doing, feel free to give me a call. Okay. Awesome. Thank you, Brian. Very cool. Sean, Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure Thanks. being here. See you everybody soon.